it is good to be together to worship, but also we are jumping into a new sermon series. Um, and I'm, I am actually very excited about this series, but I'm also intimidated by it. Um, so the, I told you a little bit last week, to name, the name of this series is Beyond the Ballot. Um, and uh, every election cycle, we have a series like this. Um, where we affirm our unity in a society, in a world that will increasingly want to divide us. Um, that's what the series is about. Really, that's, that's, what, that's the heart of the series. Um, I'm intimidated by the series, not because of the, the biblical truth that will be a part of it, because that part feels really comfy and good. Um, but also, I recognize that um, we've, we all live in a soup that will make opposing sides of this um, gods for us. Um, and even if that's not true for those of us in this room, it is true for those of us who are a part of this system outside of this room. Um, for many folks, this, these like opposing ideologies are deities. <laughs> Uh, and um, I've, I've tiptoed around enough in principalities' backyards to know that that comes with a lot of pressure. <laughs> uh, so um, as I go through the series, please pray for me. So um, because uh, uh, it, um, amen, amen. So as we, before we go into it, I want to pray, then we'll jump in. God. You are God of all. There isn't um, a thing that exists on this planet that escapes your view. There isn't a thing that is in our system of government and our way of being that is hidden to you. Um, and nothing is outside of your authority. So, uh, because nothing is outside of your authority, we can talk about this um, openly because you're our father. Um, will you give us wisdom and even discipline as a church um, to live your scripture in this season, that we glorify you by how we um, live like you in the earth. We trust you. We honor you. I pray your blessing for every word that I say, that it glorifies you and builds up this body. In Jesus' name, amen. So I won't do this every week, but I do feel like it's important that I lay some ground rules going into this series um, and some things that I am committing to you. Some of you have been here long enough to know this about me, but for some, this may be the first time you've been in a series like this with Unison. So I want you to know that I will not tell you how or even if to vote. <laughs> I say or if on purpose. Because as Christians in the United States of America, we elevate the right to vote and participate in this system as though it has some moral standing and God-ordained, if you don't do it, you are sinning. And I want to actually diminish that. It's not true. You have a right to participate and 
if you choose to, go with God. (laughs) We have a responsibility to one another, which is different, right? And we can do both with joy. Just because we have a responsibility to one another doesn't mean we go to it like it's an obligation and I don't get to do so with joy. But Many of us have been taught to see this American way as though God opened up the heaven and wrote the Constitution himself. (laughs) And that's not a thing. (laughs) It's just not. So I so in, in that it's not my role to tell you how or even if to vote. I will also not use this platform to endorse a particular party or candidate. Contrary to how we talk in the United States in the church, God is found on every side and also there are people ignoring God on every side of this conversation. This system of government was, is, It is only blessed because of the people walking with God participating in it, not because the system itself is blessed. It's not. It's just a way of being in the world. So if you ever feel like, oh, he's he's advocating for this way of being in this system, please know that is in no way the intent. And a part of the intimidation is being disciplined about that. Because I have thoughts and opinions, <laughs> right? I, have th- I get to be human. I get to have ways in which I want this to go too. <laughs> but the way in which I want it to go doesn't make it God's way. It just means it's the way I want it to go. Amen. And we'll talk about that a little later in this sermon, but also next week we're going like, to land there for a minute. <laughs> But to something I'm also committing to you, I will help us apply the principles of Scripture to how we engage our government. That is something that, that's my job. If you, if you want to see me afterwards and talk details about how I think about specific things, I've had enough of those conversations to be able to say, this is what I think, and this is what Scripture says. But from this place... My job is to help us all apply scripture in a collective way. Um, And I want you to, even in this moment, I want us to be um, cautious. There's a lot of commercials and a lot of things in media that really are kind of wrapping ideas around out the way in which we see the world and see each other. And that's not wrong. It's just not always biblical. And I want us to look at this biblically. And for the most part, that has nothing to do with any one particular thing that you would be voting on. <laughs> so, The title of this sermon as we really kind of set up this series is Us and Them Together. (laughs) Uh, Because oftentimes we turn into us or them, us versus them. Um, And 
there's probably room for talking about us versus them at some point in life, but this isn't that point. <laughs> this isn't that point. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 25. That's actually going to be the primary thing, but there's a little secondary thing we'll talk about in Matthew 13. It'll be on the screen. Um, the us and them. Um, as believers, we have a way of interpreting Scripture that shows, um, that shows up in the way in which we live. Um, I, so if you've not been here before for these, I'm like, I'm super candid, so we're going to be candid, right? So for a long time, especially in evangelical settings, like Republican is the Christian party. Um, and it's not. And for those of us who have grown up under the, sum of some, under the thumb of how sometimes this government has oppressed people, <laughs> uh, we see a lot more Jesus in the Democratic Party. <laughs> uh, and he's not. That's not true. And so oftentimes when we start talking about political things, we turn into this us and them, like we're holding down like conservative values because this is what our role is in the earth. Praise God. <laughs> and there's like, we're supposed to be feeding the hungry. We're supposed to be making sure people aren't mass incarcerated. Praise the Lord. And it turns into this, who's actually living out scripture in their voting the best? And I want us to know that's not a thing. That's something that we as a church have to affirm. That's just not a thing. So we start kind of thinking about ourselves, especially during these times when we're processing different things going on, different immigration policies, different tax, different, different things like that. We start processing this hierarchy of Christians and eventually everyone will mature in their faith to believe like I believe politically. <laughs> Just spend enough time with Jesus and you'll do what I do. And I, this whole sermon is about not doing that. <laughs> I'm giving you the end of the sermon before we get there. The whole sermon is about us not doing that because that's not it. <laughs> so some things we should all be aware of and know, I've said it before, Scripture was not written with our government in view. <laughs> Doesn't mean that Scripture cannot be applied to how we function in this government. That's actually the beauty of the Bible is that it, it's applicable in every single system. And the truth is, most of Scripture is designed to kind of upend every system. <laughs> if it's not the kingdom of God's system, then it doesn't fit in there all the way. But we, as people who are represent representatives of the king, we have a role in that. But Scripture wasn't written thinking about how we do government. And another thing our system actually depends upon, multiple perspectives and multiple voices. If I were to have a moment of a rant, it would be how frustrated I am that collectively we don't see this well in our country. It depends upon multiple perspectives being able to make a decision together. And to take into account all of the things that we see. So the truth is, it's not actually good for us to all mature into one way of seeing it, because that's not how our system functions. So if we're here, 
engaged in this system, those are two things that we have to go into it with. We have to go into this system with that in mind. It depends on that. So this is where we get into the parables. <laughs> so Jesus has been talking in parables now for quite a few uh, chapters in Matthew. And we jump into this one in Matthew chapter 25. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. This feels exciting. That's a different system, right? <laughs> all the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Some of you already have your image of those sheep and goats in your head. Those ones who vote in opposition to how I want them to are goats. And we sheep, we care about the lives of the innocent. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. I want you to see this picture because I am not, I'm not like a shepherd in the sense of caring for actual livestock. <laughs> but a, a part of why Jesus would even have this parable to bring up is because they would regularly see shepherds caring for both sheep and goats together. And in many ways, they have some similarities, but they're different. Even before we get to finishing this portion of Scripture, I need us to see this image and also keep in mind what was said before this image showed up. He will separate the sheep and the goats. He will do that work. Right, so this is talking about the end. Right, this is kind of like if, we're, if you're a person who likes to like study scripture and kind of get into the nitty gritty of it, this is called a mini apocalypse. Right, Jesus is talking, they ask him, tell us what's going to happen at the end. And then he starts rattling off some stuff about the end. And at the end, Jesus will separate the sheep and the goats. And I think the important thing that we need to take from that is that the sheep and the goats are hanging out together. As much as we would want, and it feels like this beautiful picture for the good shepherd to only be hanging out with sheep, this good shepherd chooses to hang out with sheep and goats. Chooses to. Knows which one are goats and knows which one are sheep from the beginning and still says, all of y'all come in here. And all of you graze. And all of you let me clean. Oh, look like you got something stuck in your hoof. Oh, wow. You got some ticks. Let me take that off. Every single one. 
Here's the thing that happens for us. We start re- reading something like this and we immediately start going to, what are, which ones are the goats? Which ones are the goats? Which ones are the goats? Pause. That isn't something Jesus is asking us to do. From the beginning of this passage, you see this picture of Jesus making it very clear that these sheep and these goats are hanging out together and he will be the one who does the separating at the end. He separates the sheep, puts them on the right, puts the goats on the left. And then he says this to them. Then the king, talking about himself, will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did you ever see when did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. And that's where I got real uncomfortable. I got real uncomfortable because in my history, as I've heard people preach about politics and I've heard people talk about how we engage this system, they always lean into a very liberal way of being when they start talking like this. Always. It's inevitable. It's kind of like, it's like to the point where it's like, I don't even know if I can preach out of that, God. (laughs) Like, well, why can't you preach out of it? Because I have bitten, I've been bitten by the bug that says my system is God's system. You think God's system is liberal or conservative? <laughs> it's not. It's just not. We have a way of being that is liberal or conservative. We have a way of being that's a green party or independent. That is not God's way of being. And at the end of the day, that's not what God is even talking about here. But how often do we find ourselves separating the flock based upon, oh, if they voted this way, that means they're a sheep like God wants them to be. Or get defensive in that I don't have liberal politics, but I do that anyway. (laughs) I do that. I make sure that people who are strangers have hospitality. I do that. I make sure that the hungry get fed. I do. I just don't want the government telling me to do it. And I actually want to raise us above that. God isn't care. Does God ever, at the end of the day, God really doesn't care about <laughs> this that much. And that feels weird for me to say. God cares about a lot of things that we care about. But the last I read in Daniel, there's a statue <laughs> that there's a feet of this statue that is clay and metal and a big old stone comes and hits it and breaks every single system of government that's ever been on this planet when he sets up his own. So it really doesn't matter. That's not what Jesus is talking about. So I want us to not have the temptation of reading anything in scripture and saying, yep, that proves I'm a sheep and they're a goat. No, that isn't it. That isn't it. 
I'm going to keep reading. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked and, or sick and in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me and they will go away into the eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. That's a strong picture. But let me tell you right now, it has absolutely nothing to do with our system of government. It doesn't. And the reason why I'm saying it that way is because we will be tempted at some point in this year to see another sister or brother as someone who has got eternal punishment marked on their forehead because the fact that they're voting for baby killers. And I want you to know that is not what God is doing here. And I'm being candid on purpose. If I've not stepped on your toes yet, then keep listening. Because this, the conviction here is really for all of us. Because at the end of the day, the sheep and the goats are all together, regardless of whether they're sheep or goats. And it's our temptation to want to then create this separation and hierarchy. Which one am I? Which one are they? Which one? At the end of the day, they're all together. And the thing inside of you that will be tempted to judge your sister or your brother based upon their politics is anti-Christ. It is anti-Jesus. It is trying to be on Jesus' throne because he will be the one to separate the sheep from the goats. And the moment that we try to jump on that throne, then we have crossed a line. We've crossed the line. Well, Chase, what are you saying? Are you saying that, that we shouldn't vote based upon what biblical, like the, the truths of biblical principles? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there isn't anything that you're going to vote on that is as simple as being able to say you're voting Scripture because our system isn't written by Scripture. <laughs> it's not. But you do get to be led by the Spirit in how you make decisions. Be led by the Spirit by how you make decisions. We'll talk about that some more as we go. But the, temp, but the, the point of today is breaking up that thing inside of us that has been, it's a contagion in our culture to then start judging one another. Why, is it a, why do I call it a contagion? Because if you are a person who watches debates, all they do is go back and forth about how immoral and how stupid they are. They're literally calling each other names at this point. Literally, you don't even know what they're talking about. They're so, they're so bent on insulting each other that they're not even talking about anything of value. Why? Because we've been bit by something that makes us turn on each other right now. And Jesus says, listen, I'm going to take care of that later. <laughs> Sheep and goats hang out together. 
in this flock. So here's the challenging truth. If you don't want to be around a goat, you don't want to be around Jesus. You just worry about being a sheep. That's the challenging truth. If you don't want to be around a goat, you don't want to be around somebody who's not doing it right. You don't want to be around somebody who isn't following God with their politics. You don't want to be around someone who disagrees with how you interpret scripture into your voting booth. Then you don't want to be around Jesus right now because the good shepherd is taking care of both sheep and goats. And he will be the one to separate them later. And so think about how many of us are actually pulling ourselves out of Jesus's flock during political seasons. Oh, I don't want to be around them. So then you're not with Christ because he's hanging out with people who are actually doing weird things and saying weird things. And actually, when you think about it, that's kind of always been his way. When you really think about it, Jesus never was here to hang around people who said all the right things. He was never here for be, to be with people who could get it right all the time. And nope, he was actually hanging out with people who would make politically incorrect decisions and say politically incorrect things. And say, I'm still here to take care of you. I'm still here to love you. And that challenges us because we want to be right with God. And I want you to know right now that you being able to discern somebody else's goatness will not make you right with God. It will not. It will not be the thing. Some of you, when you read that passage of Matthew, it invites you to vote in a way that says these people live this out in their, live this portion of scripture out in their politics. Great, vote that way. Sounds awesome, do it. But you also need to do it too because sometimes we let that become a reason why we don't have to do it anymore because my government is doing it, my governor's doing it. And I voted for that governor, so because they're doing it, I'm good, I'm off the hook. I can actually just drive on past that panhandler. I can say, hey, have you applied for Medicare? Have you applied for food stamps? As opposed to just going to buy them a meal. Jesus is not actually asking you to make sure that there's Medicaid and that there are food stamps. Jesus says, did you feed the hungry person? Feed them. Clothe them. I don't care if our system does it too. It's our job because that's who we are. That's our job to do. Treat that like a supplement to our job. May it be said about the church that we feed those who are hungry. We clothe those whom are 
naked. We welcome the stranger regardless of what our government does. This is who the kingdom of God is because this is who the king is. And for some of you, that might not play too much into how you vote. It doesn't have to. But it should play into how we hold each other and this government accountable. Because we get to. (laughs) At the end of the day, I need you to see this picture. If we ain't living like this, (laughs) we're not doing it right. That's what it means to be in the world but not of the world. Because some of us are like, be in the world but not of the world. That means I need to be separate from. And that is not it. If Jesus does not make Jesus' self separate from, but, put, but says literally pulls himself into the nasty of what this world is and smiles taking care of people who will eventually betray and offend him, Welcome to the team. You're doing it right. If you jump in like that, and I'm telling you now, it is not the way or will of the Father for us to separate ourselves based upon a hierarchy of who's living out Scripture in their voting. That's not how this works. There's another similar parable, and we kind of went back and forth in the teaching team meeting about whether or not we were going to use this, <laughs> um, and literally just a couple of days, I'm like, I need to say it, <laughs> um, and it's, cause we're, already in, we're already in here too deep, so let's just keep going. <laughs> here's another Jesus, here's another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seeds in his field. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has come and excuse me, an enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we put out the weeds, they asked. No, he replied. You'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell you, tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them up into bundles and burn them, and to put the wheat in the barn. This is hard stuff. I'm not pretending that this is easy because our immediate go-to is, well, which ones are the weeds then? And I'm really, really, really wanting us to see the pattern of it's not our job. It's not our job. It's not our job. It doesn't matter what, how strongly we feel about it. It's not our job. Now, here's the truth. There are some things that are different about goats and weeds and wheat and sheep. There's some things that are different. And I want us to also see the truth that it has nothing to do with how we navigate this, pub- this government system. It just isn't. It just isn't. The fruit 
of how a person is engaged with Christ is not going to be found in who they voted for. It's just not. And the moment that we believe that lie is the moment we start stepping and putting ourselves on the throne to decide which one is I'm a goat and come over here. And I'm that the God of creation, the one who was merciful and just, says, I want both goats and we go both goats and sheep, weeds and wheat together, and I'll take care of it later. And here's why I want that because I don't want you in my lane. You can't see why they voted the way they did. You don't know what happened to them at four. I do. You don't know why they, why they think the way they think about that particular ideology. And so stop being in my lane. I want to be on the throne there. Get off of my throne. And if it needs to be said any more strongly, the moment that we begin to judge each other as goats and weeds are the moment that we become it. I kind of alluded to this before because we have that idea of the longer they hang out with Jesus, or if I could just get to them and convince them of God's way, then they would become sheep. It's not our job to turn goats into sheep or weeds into wheat. It's not our job. There is someone who does that, but that's not my job. <laughs> it's not my job. It's my job to just be a sheep. One of the differences that I've been able, again, I told you I'm not really like, you know, in livestock, livestock like that, though I really do like animals. Um, the nerd in me was like, okay, what, what's some of the differences between sheep and goats? And, um, and one of the things that, like, there's so many differences, um, but one of the things that I, I felt like was poignant was the sheep tend to instinctively follow their shepherd. Goats tend to instinctively not. <laughs> That's a difference. I'm saying that to you because some of you are like, what does it mean to be a sheep? A part of why Jesus goes through that long list of you fed the hungry, you clothed the naked, you went to visit the people in prison is because that's where the shepherd's going. That's what the shepherd's doing. So if you're a sheep, you're following the shepherd. <laughs> if you don't find yourself doing those things, you ain't a sheep. <laughs> and that's not anything for any one of us to point out. This is not my job to turn anybody into a sheep. It's my job to just be one. And here's the beautiful thing about just being a sheep or just about being wheat. It's our job to follow the shepherd so faithfully that we get some goat's attention. 
and they want to become sheep. But the moment you work hard to convince a goat to be a sheep, they don't like following. (laughs) If they don't want to follow the shepherd, they definitely don't want to follow you. Just be a sheep so faithfully that they're like, wait, there's a different kind of grass over there? (laughs) That's not the same thing as not saying stuff either, right? There's nuance to this. I get it, right? I get this. There's times where the Holy Spirit will actually tell you to say something and say it. There's times where you actually do need to say things and go with it. But if it is your natural way of being to want to convince somebody that they're off, you're in the Holy Spirit's lane. And let God be on his throne. Last thing is your political beliefs don't make you a sheep or wheat. <clears throat> this series is about how do we maintain unity in a divisive season. And the beginning of this was attacking that part of us that feels the need to judge each other based upon our political thoughts. That's not just you. And some of you, that's not me at all. Well, it might not be you to an extreme. But it's hard to be in this system and not do that. It's hard to be in the United States and not villainize people right now. It's hard to not see everyone who doesn't agree with you as anti-Jesus. And I want you to know right now, that is a deception. It's a lie. That keeps getting played out over and over to the point where it's like, it's just like, we can just, we just can see it now. You can spot it. Like, there it is right there. I can't stand how much Christians get lumped into one way of seeing politics and then the whole world just like, and Christians are this and Christians are that and Christians are this. And that's because we actually let it happen. We did that. It wasn't the world around us. We did that. We let that happen because we, we actually created camps in political parties. And I want you to hear me clearly. And we'll, like, This is not a sermon series that says, let's everybody just be moderates. No, that's not it. I don't think that's the answer. But it is one that will comb through and say, we have a right to participate with this system and we have a responsibility to be united. I will use the right within the context of this responsibility And the moment that I switch their priorities, I'm not rocking with Jesus because Jesus isn't doing that. Jesus isn't smiting people who vote in a different way than you do as soon as they get out of the little booth. He's not. I know there's some of y'all like, I wish he would. And then they would all know. But here's the thing, that's a part of actually why he's not, because it doesn't, that's not where he is. He's preparing a whole different system. (laughs) And it is our job to be a foretaste of that system 
not just so wrapped up in this one that we forget where we're going. I'm here to show the world what that system will be like when we get there. I'm participating in this one because this is the one that's here right now. And the moment I'm tempted to see that a different way, Holy Spirit, I'm backing up for a minute. I'll come back to that belief in a minute, but I'm, I got to back up because I feel like I'm about to cross over into your lane. As we go through this series, we'll build on that, but I want us to actually have that as a conviction here. A part of actually how we maintain unity is that we intentionally have the discipline of not judging each other. That's all of this condensed. I'm choosing to have the discipline to not judge my sister or my brother. It's a choice. And family, I'm inviting you to choose that as we keep going through this season and this series. Also recognize that for some of us that actually comes with a little bit more work than others. I think those of us who are kind of newer to the voting system, we are dis we're, we're not as like, we're not as wrapped up in it sometimes um, because we're a little sometimes even confused by it. And those of us who have been in it a little bit longer, we can comb through it and we know exactly what we think and exactly how we feel. And I want us to spend a little bit of time just being with God in it. Letting the Holy Spirit brings anything to our mind that we might need to surrender so that we can actually have this discipline. So can you play that prayer playlist? You just, for a little bit of time, being with God in it. unique conviction at the moment um, that applies to some of us. Some of us have actually already cut people off because of what they, what they think politically. Family members, 
We've engaged in arguments. I want to invite you to repent. Not because you have to agree, but because we are held to a standard of valuing people above their thoughts. even held to a standard of valuing people above their actions. Another deeper conviction is that some of us have such a deep disdain for political or former political leaders that we cannot even imagine praying for them. inviting you to repent because we are held to a standard that values people and seeks the good of the city, the country, the people, regardless of their thoughts or actions. I don't staunchly hold my ground that I will dishonor God and I hear the spirit saying I've placed those convictions in you but they're never meant to be above me you can loosen your grip and know that I'll still be with you. And know that you still get to believe what you believe. But the tighter you hold, the less you're giving me room to actually use the conviction. Spirit, you know exactly where we are, exactly what we're feeling. Sincerely, for some of us, this is like, this feels like a walk in the park. And for some of us, this is like trying to lift our legs in sticky tar. You meet us exactly where we are, God, and that's a joy we get to embrace. You choose to meet us exactly where we are. And so, we surrender ourselves to you. Will you be represented in us well throughout this year, throughout our lives, but specifically throughout this year, Holy Spirit? <laughs> 
Will you be represented in us well? May we as a church body be so united in our love and care and honoring of one another, even in the middle of seeing this system differently. That the goats that are around us want some of what we're eating. we trust you help us to comb through the parts of this that are confusing and challenging we surrender it all to you in Jesus name Amen